Giuliani. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Rudy Giuliani. And this is, of course, the Rudy Giuliani Show. And today we are going to have, at the very beginning, a bit of a theme. I've been trying to check as carefully as I could uh, after seeing this this morning on just exactly how many of these um, situations that have happened in our country Biden is responsible for. And I, I can't seem to find anything he's responsible for. Hmm. Afghanistan was uh, Trump. And uh, the, the, the fact that uh, you know, Trump set a date really screwed up Biden because he couldn't change the date. But then he did change the date because he wanted to do it on September 11 and I guess, uh, you know, shoot off firecrackers or fireworks. And of course that didn't work and we had 13 brave Americans killed and we had people left behind that never should have been left behind. It dishonors America. We had people killed by terrorists because we took the troops out before the civilians. We still have people trapped there. And and we gave up uh, uh, a strategic location to defend us against China that is completely indefensible. Unless you're crazy or um, a communist or paid off by China, 400 miles from China, an excellent Air Force base given away. So, but we blame that, who do we blame that on? I guess we blame that on Trump, right? And now um, inflation, which is knocking the heck out of us. There's a, several articles in the New York papers today saying you need to make twice as much money. You're gonna have to make twice as much money to keep up your quality of life, at least in New York, very, very shortly. This is the highest uh, rate of inflation in 40 years. It's probably the quickest jump in inflation. Uh, but Biden has nothing to do with all that spending that he did, you know, m more than World War II or whatever. Uh, all the money that um, he spent that had he put out more money on COVID because before the original money on COVID was spent. And we also gave COVID money to uh, the illegals. Um, and we still got plenty of COVID money to give away, and he still wants to give away more. And of course, you know that every Democratic program is an uh, uh, inflated program, inflated by excessive uh, amounts of money paid, uh, kickbacks, uh, favored, favored relatives and friends and campaign contributors, and uh, and if you don't know that, you're not really a well-educated American. It's the reason why the budget of New York is $220 billion and the budget of Florida is $97 billion. There's an awful lot of additional payments you have to make in New York to do exactly the same thing as you have to do in Florida because New York is one of the more corrupt states in the country. But, but that's not, uh, I mean, the bad economy, the bad economy is, um, it's the fault of the Republicans. I mean, it doesn't matter that a couple of years ago when Trump was in office, we had the best economy we had in 40 years. 
We had the best wages for African-Americans and minorities. We had the least unemployment for African-Americans, minorities, and poor people. We had some of the highest levels of wages for everyone. The stock market was booming. Uh, gosh, what else? Let me see. Hmm. No, there was nothing. I mean, our economy was uh, uh, superb. Oh, <laughs> and inflation was 2%. Uh, whereas now it's eight, so just minus eight percent from whatever you own, you own eight percent less now, be, uh, taken from you by Joseph Biden. So if you got a four percent increase in wages, you really had a four percent decrease in wages. But let's listen to our president. Uh, cut five. I'm, I'm sorry, not cut five. Um, cut fifteen. Because in his economic wisdom, he's now going to explain to us how this happened. This is uh, 15. The fact is, congressional Republicans, not all of them, but the mega Republicans are counting on you to be as frustrated by the pace of progress, which they have everything, they've done everything they can to slow down, that you're going to, will hand power over to them and enact so they can enact their extreme agenda. You think he's getting worse mentally? Well, first of all, the Republicans, uh, I don't know how to break it to them, but they don't control Congress. So if you're not getting done in Congress with the majority you have, what kind of a leadership is that? How about lousy, stinking, terrible? I don't know how you can blame the minority for the economic problems we have when they have no power and you don't even consult with them. But in any event, I mean, there isn't an economist in the world that doesn't realize that harm to our economy is the ridiculous overspending, wasteful spending at, at, at levels equivalent to Second World War that you, that you put out. The incentives you give to people for not working, doing away with workfare trying to create a dependent economy. I don't know what the numbers are going to turn out to be this year. Last year, 62% of the people didn't pay taxes. Let's see what happens this year. We no longer have a broad-based participatory economy in, in supporting our government. And the Republican, Republicans, Republicans do not have the House. The Republicans do not have the Senate. The Republicans don't have the presidency. How can they be responsible for our economic woes? And, and when the Republicans left office, inf inflation was at 2%. Even after, even after, even after the, the terrible COVID situation, our economy was coming back again until you took over and ruined it. I can't stand this guy's blaming things on everybody else. Elon Musk, who's... I don't know if he's running or whatever, but let's listen to his take on it from his position in the private sector as the richest man in the world. This is number 16. The, the real president is whoever controls the teleprompter. You know, like, it's like the, the, the path to power is the path to the teleprompter, you know, like what, because what, that's then he just reads the teleprompter. So, you know, I, I do feel like, like if, if somebody would accidentally lean on the, lean on the teleprompter, it's going to be like Anchorman. It's going to be like QQQ, ASDF, one, two, three, you know, type of thing. 
I mean, I know people were laughing, and I, I'd be inclined to laugh also. I used to laugh a lot when I'd watch Biden, you know, do the stupid things that he does. I can't remember the Pledge of, oh, the Pledge of Allegiance one, you know, Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Oh, you know that thing. Well, when he kissed his, uh, when he kissed his sister and thought it was his wife, uh, or when he got confused in the middle of the corn, who's that guy, corn pop, or that he beat up behind the, I don't know, maybe, maybe actually what happened is Corn Pop beat him up and that's what made him so stupid. It affected his brain and he got held back in the third grade and he's been going bad since then. Okay, now let's see. Uh, the baby formula shortage is outrageous. You agree with me, right? I mean, these are vulnerable uh, uh, babies in that sense because uh, not, all, not all mothers can produce milk nor, nor can they produce it consistently. Uh, not, not, it's not generally the healthiest thing to do as far as I know. Hey, don't listen to me. I'm just telling you things people tell me. Breastfeeding is healthier or better, but then in many cases it isn't. There are situations where it's not. There are situations where women can't do it. And then there are, there are kids that you know, are taken off breastfeeding and then have to move on to formula, and you can't go back to breastfeeding again very easily. So what that means is if you don't have formula, kids could die. This is a serious thing, even for a a, a moron like Biden in the White House. Even for a moronic White House, you'd think they'd keep up with this. This this, this problem goes back to February. First of all, they never warned us. What about about telling people in advance this is a problem? Abbott's got a problem. Congresswoman Stefanik warned us, but she's not the president. Maybe she should be. She warned us a lot. But, well, she was just a Republican complaining. No, she was a pro- Republican doing her job, her oath of office, warning people we're going to have a problem with formula. Uh, this guy, Becerra, finally appears. I don't think he's spoken in a year. Maybe he was on maternity leave, like that other idiot who booted a peg who uh, was the failing mayor of Green Bay, Wisconsin, who's now the secretary of, I'm not even sure, I'm not even sure he knows what he's the secretary of. I mean, he took a month off from maternity leave when we couldn't get products into the United States. <laughs> I don't know what they think this is. This has been the problem with liberals. And I don't even want to say liberals anymore because I like liberals because they go back you know, to the old days, and they actually believed in free speech and in not harming people the way they do and crashing their houses down in the middle of the night. And the people we have now are, are uh, fascists. They're not liberals. But one of the problems that left-wingers have always had is that they, they're dreamers. You know, they're big dreamers about how we're all going to have equal income and that's going to work out perfectly, even though it's led to violence in 27 other countries because it completely, it completely... Is, in, is contrary to human nature and leads to, and leads to conflict because somebody's working, somebody's not working. Somebody's busting his backside and the other guy is sleeping all day. And they, they're both getting the same amount of money. That doesn't work for too long, except in the theoretical mind of the New York Times liberal. So uh, that, that's why you're seeing... I mean, I, 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 you do realize you are watching 
a thoroughly incompetent administration. From baby formula to Afghanistan to whatever you want to talk about, they, they can't get themselves, well, they can't get themselves arrested because they're Democrats. But we'll be back uh, very shortly, and then at uh, 3.30, a little afterwards, we're going to check with... We're going to check with Andrew Giuliani, who's in Buffalo, New York, and we'll see what's going on up there. The Rudy Giuliani Show. This is Rudy Giuliani, back with the Rudy Giuliani Show. And before I go to your calls and we talk to Andrew in Buffalo, just a couple couple of quick things I want to tell you about, just in case they're not covered on the evening news. Black Lives Matter founder, communist, self-acknowledged Marxist communist, and advocate of police killing. Yes. Right. Where, where, are you surprised by that? Patrice Colores is an advocate of police killing and an advocate of getting rid of fathers and families. Hmm? Fry them like bacon? Who's she talking about? Police. And fathers, gone. They're useless. Right, right in her own literature. Taught to be a Marxist and proud of it. Uh, but she's like all Marxists, you know, who are at the top. So Marxists believe that everybody should be paid the same amount of money except the people who run the Marxists who should become multi-billionaires, like Putin. And Coors is on her way to that. They got a lot of money, 80, 90 million. They can't account for a lot of it. Here's some of it. 970000 went to creative services to her baby's uh, father. That's a million dollars for creative services to her. I don't know how, I don't know how to describe her baby's father, I think, is the right description because she is, she's a self-acknowledged lesbian, so I assume he was the uh, sperm donor. But he got 970 grand for creative services for Black Lives Matter. I will say nothing about what those creative services might have been. Her brother got 840,000 for providing her security. And a fellow director got uh, $2.1 million uh, for what? We don't know, and got reimbursed seventy-three grand for a private flight. Pretty good, huh? This is what happened to the money of Coca-Cola when they donated it to Let's Kill the Police which is what Black Lives Matter is, the killing police organization, the Marxist, communist, hate America killing police organization, the organization that wants to take fathers out of families and take your kid away at two years old, right out of Marx, so that they become a creature of the state, not of your family. There were also thieves just like Lenin was a thief, just like Stalin was a thief, just like Putin is a thief, just like they're all multimillionaires. What's, just like the Democrat Party, you know, what's you got to do, they don't have to do. You wear a mask and they go to soirees. Huh? Sound familiar? Or somehow they're in Congress for 30 years and they're worth 27 million. I'm thinking about a lot of congressmen there. And then we have Tlaib and the squad. They introduced a resolution recognizing the catastrophe of Israel's creation. The, home, the homeland for the people 
who suffered from the Holocaust, who were turned away by Franklin Roosevelt, Democrat, um, it was a catastrophe to create Israel. Also, look how productive that land is today compared to the wasteland that surrounds it. And look how productive it is with regard to the extension of democracy and freedom. About the only place that is. And look how it's defamed the way Donald Trump is, the way any of us who believe what we believe are, and made into some kind of a monster, when it's probably, um, without any doubt, the best country in that region. Without any doubt. But this is, this is, this is a catastrophe. How, how, how did the Democrat Party keep these people there? It was created by, by, by Harry Truman, a Democrat. But it was a catastrophe. I, 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 don't know, I don't know what this party is about any longer. It is definitely the party of anti-Americanism and, and also anti-Israeli um, sentiment. And it, it embraces uh, anti-Zionists and doesn't put them in their place, kick them out, take chairmanships away from them, deal with them the way they should deal with people who are anti-Semitic, like they are. Let's go to Robert in Queens for a quick question. Hi, great show. Hello, hey, Robert, how are you? Yeah, I was going to say, you, you would assume uh, uh, Pete Buttigieg would be right on top of uh, solving the the baby formula problem, because uh, as far as I know, he cannot breastfeed uh, his child. Well, I would assume that's true, although, I'm, uh, you know, with all the things happening with gender and, and guys giving birth, I don't know. Right. The other thing I'll say that the, the I think you're right. I think he would need formula. I think he would. I, I, let's not joke around. You get in terrible trouble if you do. So let's just say that uh, he definitely needs formula. And uh, what do you think? You think maybe... Like all of those uh, entitled Democrats, he'll have a little special in for getting it. Oh, right. Just like in the border where they shipped all the baby formula over there. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like when you had to wear a mask, but they didn't. Right. And as far uh, as the, the there's racism, a bunch of phonies. the Democrat Party creates the racism with CRT and telling uh, and convincing everyone, anyone that's white is automatically racist. And they wonder why there's racism in this country. Yeah, I know. And also, I, I, what happened in Buffalo is terrible, and it should be it should be talked about. And it it was a guy who was a white supremacist. But I don't know that very that very time, five people were killed in Chicago, which is part of a weekly event, and uh, nobody talks about that. And uh, you know, how about how about the people how about the people in Pittsburgh that were shot? Twenty of them. Nobody talks about that. Like it's the only crime that occurred. So 10 people were shot. It looks like an act of hatred. By the end of the year, there are going to be three or 4,000 blacks killed, unfortunately. Last year, there were more blacks killed than whites. I think it was 75% to 80% by other blacks. So I think white racism is terrible, but it certainly isn't pervasive the way the slaughter that's going on in American cities is allowed by dishonest blacks to occur because they don't face it. So maybe we should be honest with people and solve problems. Whenever we're dishonest, we don't solve problems. 
When we come back, we're going to talk to Andrew Giuliani, who is either in or on his way back from uh, Buffalo, New York, because he was there earlier today. We'll be back very shortly. The Rudy Giuliani Show. Uh, Back again, Rudy Giuliani, and uh, with the Rudy Giuliani Show. So we're talking about the formula, which, um, again, is not blamed on the administration. This is uh, the fault of Abbott and, I guess, everybody else. And But here's the facts. (laughs) The facts are the first time parents became aware of the crisis was when they confronted empty shelves. And uh, there's an excellent article by Peter Pitts in the, in the uh, Post outlining what the administration should have done. This never ends because we have got to just come to the realization they are incompetent. Most left-wing governments are incompetent, like the one in New York. So we have on the phone Andrew Giuliani, who's running for governor in the Republican primary. And Andrew either is or was in Buffalo. So I want to ask him, how are things there, and what's the reaction there? And does the city seem calm? Does it seem upset? Andrew, it's grieving. Yeah, it. Yes, Uh, I was just at the top supermarket for a couple hours. the site of the heinous crime here about three days ago. And, and just, uh, you know, the community is grieving. There's a lot of sadness, this senseless act. Um, and, uh, you know, to, to be there, uh, it was, uh, you know, it actually reminded me a little bit of the, you know, the moments in dealing with and talking with some of the families uh, after September 11th. You know, it's just this terrible sadness. And you have to wonder, what, why didn't the state uh, do something about it when they had this guy uh, almost a year ago? Uh, is it a resources issue? Uh, why was this guy allowed to uh, allowed to basically leave the custody of New York State? So I, I think I think the governor has some questions to ask. And, and instead of making this uh, political about the about the narrative that uh, that the left wants to make this about, I think there's got to be a real conversation about did New York have the resources to hold this guy? Uh, and if if not, then how do we make sure we provide uh, our law enforcement with the resources to do that? Well, he was he was um, threatening people in the school, killing them. Yeah. And uh, it was serious enough that the school brought in the police and the police required him to spend a day and a half in the hospital to be evaluated. So from my experience, in the, that should be reported and made a record of. And when he goes for a gun license, that should be retrieved. Because we, we theoretically, I think, whether you have new gun control or old gun control, if you don't enforce the old gun control, what's the use of having new laws? So and that's, uh, yeah, this is, this is just another example of a state that doesn't work. New York State doesn't work. It's, it's dysfunctional. And that's what we've seen here, right? You know, you had red flag flags that were passed uh, that, you know, whatever we think about them, whether we agree or disagree, and I tend to disagree with many of them, um, we have in place. And also I think the question has to be asked to the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Uh, have they been spending all their time and resources uh, investigating parents, uh, going after conservatives like yourself, um, or actually are they looking into – 
uh, people who are threatening to shoot up their schools. I think that's a far better way for the FBI to use their resources and time rather than targeting uh, political opponents. You know, Andrew, that's a very good point. You know, the, uh, people don't realize how small the FBI is. Uh, the FBI has 14,000 agents. The NYPD is 34,000 cops. It should be 41,000, which is what it was when Bernie and I were running the department. But it, it's only 34,000, but 40, only 14,000 FBI agents. So if they do one thing, they can't do another. And since they spent record resources on the January 6th investigation, more than any investigation ever, 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 they got to be short on things like guys who write 180-page manifestos and say they're going to kill people. Yeah. And, and that's what we've seen. We've seen them pull their resources uh, in focusing where they can really help Americans, and unfortunately they've gone after, it seems like, time and time again, whether it be uh, Donald Trump and, and this fake Russia hoax, whether it be you, uh, or, or whether it be you know our parents who are now uh, in the FBI and the Justice Department considered uh, domestic terrorists. Uh, why well, why this is the FBI is, actually is, focusing on what's going what's to take the lives of New Yorkers and Americans? And I think that's a question that needs to be posed to the director of the FBI and maybe even the president of the United States. What about the elections today for school board? Aren't they going on today, the elections? Yes. Yeah, they, they are going on today. I, I've been traveling the state uh, and, and trying to make sure we get as many parents that are out there fighting for school choice, fighting for fighting against some of these uh, crazy radical ideologies out there on the uh, across the finish line. I mean, you think about it. Everybody says politics is local. What's more local than your daughter or in your case, your granddaughter or in all of our cases, our sons and daughters? Uh, so to me, this is so important as we look at how do we make sure we change the culture in New York? You got to get out there today vote in your local school board race and tell your friends, call them up, whether they have kids or not, and say, you know what, if you want if you want to make sure that we're fighting against some of these radical things we've seen in our kids' curriculum recently, vote for a parent that's going to be out there that's going to have oversight uh, on this. Well, thank you, Andrew, and thanks for t- telling us. I, I assume the situation in Buffalo is calm? It's calm. It, it's sad, calm, but calm? It's calm, but sad. Uh, and yeah, I, that's I what I thought. That yeah, it's calm but sad. You know, you you obviously, as mayor, uh, dealt with, you know, many tragedies even before uh, September 11th. And it was one of the things as, as a son that I saw uh, leadership in, uh, you know, do. Um, but, you know, it's always uh, how do you hug somebody who's lost a loved one and tell them it's going to be all right? It's very difficult. And, and, you know, the only thing you can say is I'm grieving with you and, and, and I'm praying for you, which really is the truth. Well, thank you. Thank you, Andrew. And have a safe trip back. Thank you. I'm sure I'll talk to you tonight. <laughs> the, um, the as we you know, yesterday we had Salvatore Martoshi on Judge Salvatore Martoshi, who is I consider Mr. Buffalo. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of Mr. Buffaloes, but he certainly would qualify as one. Um, and I asked him, how would it be in Buffalo? Because I have a I know Buffalo and I, I think I knew the answer. And th- this is a peaceful city. It's actually quite a beautiful city from the point of view of everything, including what it looks like being near Niagara Falls. And the people are very, very, very kind, nice people of all different groups. They've always been a diverse city. You know, way back in the old days, they were Italian and Polish and Irish and 
They have a St. Patrick's Day parade and they have a St. Joseph's celebration two days later. I mean, it's a very nice city. And I think, and I don't want to make predictions, but I think they're handling this in a way that's an example to the rest of America as to how to keep this in a place where we can learn something from it as opposed to just be just be uh, unnecessarily destructive. Let's go to, um, is it Gary in Queens? Yes. Yes, uh, Gary, Giuliani, how are you? I just wanted to say something about, I'm very well, thank you. I just wanted to talk about the Buffalo shootings. I happen to be from Buffalo myself. Um, oh, oh, good. But, uh, good. I think that shootings were, and I don't believe this is a conspiracy, I think they were allowed to transpire for political benefit so that the Democrats could cry racism, etc. It follows a pattern of the Democrat Party. It's okay to kill for abortion. What, what, how do you how do you have any how do you have any basis how do you, for that? I mean, that sounds like a that sounds like a pretty um, unsupported kind of charge. The, you you no, think no, the Democrats? It is, is unsupported. Mayor, it is unsupported. But if you look at the trend. Uh, for example, what happened in New York with uh, Mayor Cuomo sending the residents to the nursing homes. Any kid would know not to do that. Um, the answer, I believe the answer is that he knew what would transpire, but he did it anyway for his political reasons. And it's so over the top that he would do that that nobody suspected him, and that's why he went and did it. I can buy into your second one. A lot better than, I mean, what, what I, I I have no. Didn't they know with the red law, with the red flag? Weren't they able to? Uh, well, there, there, there. I mean, there. If if uh, did they have red flags? Yeah, bright red, and many of them. And their failure to address them is a definite, just another another one of the thousands of things that indicates that they're running a dysfunctional, incompetent and in many cases, corrupt government. When a political party owns a state and city the way they do, it always falls apart. And right now, they own the mayoralty, the governorship, the senators, many of the local officials, uh, and they're running it into the ground, and they're spending it into the ground. And a lot of that spending comes about because it's a one-party state, and you can't you have a check and balance on that spending. And there's sure a lot of corruption in it. But to say they're somehow responsible for this, I would re- I'd, 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 I'd reject that. Uh, I would say... As I always did, and I appreciate what you did. Well, for thank us. you, but thank you for your opinion. Look, look, everybody's entitled to their opinion, and uh, as long as we state it civilly and accurately and we have a chance to disagree with each other, that's what America's about. Now we'll go to Marvin... Marvin? Marvin from the... Hello. This is Marvin Hi, from Marvin. the Bronx. I'm 91 years old, a ufologist. I cover UFOs. You are a government man. What do you know? What could you tell us about UFOs <laughs> Well, look, Marvin, I'm not... Do you information about this? I don't. I don't. I, honestly, I was, never, I was never in that... Uh, being in the Justice Department, you don't get to deal with UFOs very much. And I wasn't... I, I mean, I worked in... Um, the courts also. So I have no special knowledge about UFOs from my time in the government. I have a curiosity about UFOs. If you go back into my podcast, well, this is about a year ago, uh, 
RudyGiulianiCS.com. I did a I did a um, entire one hour podcast on UFOs and the evidence that exists that there are UFOs that has not been followed up on. I don't come to a conclusion, Marvin. I'm not capable of it. I do think, however, that there are facts that have not been adequately examined, and I do think there's a government uh, crackdown on information about this because they don't want speculation about it. I don't think that's right. Uh, There should be speculation about it because um, I have no reason to believe it's true or not true, but I do have reason to believe these these questions should be resolved rather than just kind of put aside like somebody's crazy for raising it or, you know, the world is a heck of a lot more complicated than we still realize. Uh, You go back 500 years ago, just think of how little we knew about the world. Why do we think we learned that much more? There's got to be a lot that we don't understand and we don't realize and it's beyond our comprehension that a hundred years from now, we're going to say, like we're saying about the past, the world being round and things like that. So this, this is something that sh- it should be. It should be examined. And then if it is a conspiracy, or, you know, about UFOs, you're not going to fuel it by, by hiding the facts and putting out these sort of conclusory reports that never really examine anything. They just increase uh, the conspiracy theory around it. So I, I I can't tell you if there are UFOs or not. I I can't tell you as a matter of government inside information whether the government covers it up or not. I do know from the bit of coverage I've done of it and the podcast, the government does cover up some of this, and it should not. It should be open for uh, scientific and open discussion by everyone. Let's see if we can get to Christine. Hi, Mr. Mayor. How are you? Good. Um, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, our new White House press secretary. Uh-huh. How come she, she took office, uh, took her position with that same kind of uh, above-everything attitude like Jen Psaki? Well, how, how has she done that? Tell, tell me, tell well, me the she example. She said that you know, she, she's a black um, lesbian woman, BT community. I think she's use that as a shield. A shield and I for what? Say, I could, well, for criticism. Well, I think, I mean, Christine, I think we have too little experience with her to come to a conclusion about her. Uh, Jen, Jen Saki, I named Little Red Lying Hood. Uh, I know her job <laughs> required her to lie, but that doesn't mean you're allowed to lie. <laughs> Can I ask you one I mean, question, you know, too, sir? Yeah. How would the press corps, if I had a press credential, feel if I went there as a conservative, as a conservative transgender woman holding their feet, holding the uh, administration's feet to the fire about their inaptitude? Or and how well, if you were a conservative, you'd be lucky to get in. I know some of the conservative journalists there. Uh, I mean, you take OAN; they had to fight their way in and. Uh, uh, at one point, they were they had they had they had to have like like a tent out on the lawn. The prejudice against conservative journalists is um, dramatic, and it doesn't matter if you're transgender, if you're black, or uh, it's like you cease being. The Democratic Party claims to have empathy 
for people who are transgender or lesbian or gay or black or Hispanic unless they're conservative, in which case they probably hate them more than they do <laughs> the white conservatives because they're considered traitors. It's the strange. It's the strangest darn thing. It's the you know. It's the uh, it's the stuff that uh, Larry Elder wrote about. You know, and uh, all of a sudden he's an Uncle Tom. He's a, he's a he's a he's a black man who has a relatively, I would say, moderate conservative philosophy. But he becomes a, a devil as a result of that. It, it's because they can't tolerate free speech or free thought. Well. We'll take a short break now, and we'll be back with the mayor's final thoughts. And now, it's time for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, Mayor's Final Thoughts. This is Rudy Giuliani, back with his final thoughts for today. And I think uh, we're going to have to, we're going to have to uh, definitely stick with Buffalo, because uh, what happened there is completely and absolutely uh, intolerable. You cannot have that kind of uh, thing happening in the United States where Americans are entitled to a reasonable degree of protection. Now, the, the, the motive, which seems pretty clear from the writings, obviously was racism. And uh, somewhere between the exaggeration of the Bidens that America is a systemically racist country and the position of the white supremacists that, uh, well, I'm not even sure I know what their position is, and they represent a relatively small percentage of people in this country. I mean, the, 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 the truth is there still remains in this country a level of racism. It's not what it used to be. It's not what it is in a lot of other countries. It, it is consistently reducing to the point where it's less now than it was before until it's stoked politically. And we've, can both, we, we can both be upset with ourselves for our history of it, and we can be proud of ourselves for our ability to overcome it, including you know, uh, fighting a war losing hundreds of thousands of white lives as well as black lives to secure freedom, and then to fighting the, the, the legal wars, including the civil rights uh, movement, and something rarely spoken of, which is that Republicans were critical to the passage of the Civil Rights Bill. Never would have been passed because of the prejudiced Ku Klux former members and others in the Senate who were Democrats, who were friends of Joe Biden, who voted against it. They made it impossible to pass the civil rights bill for John Kennedy. And what Johnson was able to do to his credit is bring over Everett Dirks and a Republican who got that passed. That's something we should tell Americans so that we keep them together, so we don't try to use racism as a sword when it's not necessary. It's like crying wolf. You cry wolf too much, and when you really have to cry wolf, nobody comes and helps you. They use racism as a charge for everything. And then when it really is necessary, sometimes it's hard to find it. But beyond that, there's something that goes beyond racism and what happened in Buffalo, and it affects all the other crimes that take place, of which there are many, many more. And that is the incompetence 
of the government of New York. New York is a dysfunctional government. It does not work. Its uh, performance on COVID was atrocious, much worse than almost every other state, even though it has more resources than most other states. Beyond whatever uh, 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 deliberate wrongdoing might have taken place, the negligence level was absurd. A thousand bed hospital given to New York. No one used the beds while people died in the wrong place. Similar beds set up at Javits Center, never used. Inconsistent uh, positions on mass. In, inconsistent positions on many, many other things. Uh, putting school children in mass for two years when it's doubtful that a cloth mass does a damn thing for you. And its position on New York City creates crime. Because of uh, Cuomo, because of Hochul, because of de Blasio, and because of Adams' unwillingness to stand up and fight back tough, we get a lot more people victimized by crime in this state of New York than any place else in terms of ones that could be avoided. The people who are committing the crimes are the people I used to have in prison. Rikers Island holds 21,000 prisoners. Uh, when I was the mayor and Bernie Carrick was the corrections commissioner, Bernie will correct this, but I think we were around 14 or 15,000. The violence rate was down 90%. And we were featured in... Uh, in, in uh, 60 Minutes as the uh, example of how to run a prison humanely, correctly, and peacefully. And that was just six years after it was the worst prison in America. Just like within three years, New York City went from being the crime capital of America to the safest large city in America. This is all doable if you have the right people in office. The ones there now, out, gone. We need new people. And as much as possible, people without being soiled by the swamp of politics. God bless America and good luck uh, today on the school board elections and on that important primary in Pennsylvania, Doug Mastriano. Doug Mastriano. Man, he could be the savior of Pennsylvania. God bless America.